2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to an all-new dubs talk presented by Wendy's and is brought to you by Wendy's new Big Bacon Cheddar Cheeseburger for a limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's. I'm Grant Lifman alongside Kendra Andrews, and the preseason is rolling along. We are right in the middle of it. Opening night is coming up. I feel like we're in a seven-game series against the Lakers where just every game is just them. Yeah, You just see the Lakers because opening night, the culmination, is them actually facing the Lakers. So they'll know each other well uh, by that point. But the, the Warriors are humming along and, and Kendra, it just feels like there's so many good vibes and just so many uh, optimistic outlooks coming from Chase Center right now. Yeah,
1: lots of good vibes. We love good vibes. That's what good franchises are built on is good vibes. But no, you're absolutely right, Grant. And the optimism and just good vibes surrounding this team for me, Seems a little different than even just a week ago as the preseason was just getting started as we were heading into these preseason games, because at that point, you know, coming. Out of media day and out of training camp, a lot of the conversations that you and I have had a lot of the conversations that other people have been having have centered around well, once clay Thompson gets back what this team can accomplish once clay returns sometime November and December once he gets back, they'll be contenders again. Once he gets back, the floor spacing will be there. Once he gets back, they'll get that extra burst of scoring. But what we've seen through the first three preseason games is that a lot of those things, a lot of those issues that the Warriors had last year are already improving. And yes, it is the preseason. So do with that as you will, but it's still a good sign, the fact that they have so many new players and so many new pieces that they're trying to integrate into the system. And already they're shooting like they've never shot before. Like this is the brand of Warriors basketball that when people say, Well, we're trying to play what like the Warriors, it's this level of shooting that the Warriors are doing right now. The floor spacing has been so much better. You know, the new guys they're playing with such great chemistry and such great camaraderie. So it's really, it's just a positive and encouraging sign that this early in the season. This is what they're looking like without Clay, without James Wiseman, not even in the regular season yet.
2: Yeah. And I guess the the caveat being this is preseason. So the teams they're playing obviously aren't putting their best defense out there. Their best players aren't out there yet. So that is a caveat. But I think the optimism, a lot of it revolves around the style in which, and I think you're right about the, the cohesiveness that we're seeing in which. The, the speed of the game, the way they're moving in transition, the way the ball is passing around, the way players are playing alongside Steph. And let's just be blunt. You know, if we're looking at the optimism and the reason why people are so optimistic about the season all of a sudden, I would say a huge chunk of it is just Jordan Poole. What Jordan Poole is doing, the way he's doing it. Yeah, that is a massive, massive reason why people aren't talking as much right now about when will Clay back, when will Clay come back, when will Clay come back. Because Jordan is playing phenomenal basketball, and just quickly about him, I just I look at the way he's playing, and everyone talks about confidence. He's just going out there with confidence, and I agree. Obviously, that you just need to play with confidence. But for me, I look at it and it's when the game slows down for somebody enough that the game starts looking easy for them. When they have a ball in their hands and you see that they just know that these moves that they're going to do is a means to an end, that everything he's doing has a purpose. And just the way he's attacking, the way he's finding his spots, the way he's playing off other people. Again, it's preseason. But the point is, is, just the way he's moving and and just his demeanor out there, the game's starting to look easy. And that is how you know someone's really, really about to pop.
1: I agree. And the way that he's been able to score in each game also gives me confidence that this isn't just a preseason fluke, you know? In that first game against the Trailblazers, he shot the lights out from the from beyond the arc. Then in the second game against the Nuggets, he only scored one three-pointer. All of his points came from him working his way to the hoop, and then against the Lakers, it was a little bit of a hybrid. So it's it suggests to me that he understands how to use the different tricks in his arsenal. As you were saying, he just the game is slowed down, and he doesn't have to just chuck up shots and say, "Well, I hope they go in." He understands that he's not going to get the same thing every night. And yes, you know, not everyone is playing in the preseason for opponents as well. But just the way that he's been able to do things and be successful in different ways is a really good sign. You know, for the past two years, the Warriors have been trying to figure out who we can have in that placeholder for Clay Thompson, and they haven't had any success. And now you're finally getting to see: okay, they actually have something. And you know, I saw someone commented this on Twitter because I wrote a story about this about how they finally found. their backcourt right now until clay gets back. And somebody says, "Well, they've had it all along." Isn't that funny? And it no, they haven't had it all along. That first year that Clay was out, Jordan Poole was not good. Just objectively, he was not good. Last year, he was good, you know, but he was still growing coming into his own and now finally you're seeing that culmination of the past two years of work that he's put in and how everything's just clicking. So the Warriors have to feel very good and even after Clay comes back when Jordan Poole goes to the bench, adding that depth off the bench as that sixth man as leading that second unit is going to be so great. Clay and Jordan are different players. You know, they both can shoot incredibly well, but Jordan Poole has handles that Clay doesn't. He dribbles a lot more. He can drive to the, the rim differently than Clay does. Clay's a much better defender. So having both of them, it's not going to be having two of the same guys. It's really going to be a really good balance and it's going to be exciting to see
2: it's yet to be seen what will happen when Clay, you know, we're projecting, obviously Jordan has to play really well. If he plays really well and the team's playing well, does, you know, do they figure out something else where maybe Clay, Clay comes come. back and they don't put Jordan on the bench? Can they, can you run out there, a uh, lineup of Curry Poole, Clay Wiggins, Draymond, you know, there's, there's, there's different thoughts that can be had. I think defensively, obviously Jordan has a long way to go when it comes to that. Maybe he'll never get to, A good defender. Maybe he can just be an adequate defender, but like there's still, he's working on that game. There's so much for him to work on, but just the optimism is based around that plus some other things. So I actually want to go into some of the other things and it includes one of your burning questions you just had, and that's about Draymond Green.
1: Absolutely. The latest in my little burning question series leading up to the regular season is just how much of a factor can Draymond Green be on offense? Last year, Grant, you know, Steve Kerr was very vocal about the fact that he wasn't looking for Draymond to score a lot. He wasn't in his ear in the locker room saying, Draymond, you need to be out there aggressive on the offensive end. You need to hunt your shot. You need to attack the rim. That being said, Steve Kerr also acknowledges that the Warriors are much better when they do get that extra burst of scoring from Draymond Green. And the thing that they have this year that they didn't have last year is the floor spacing that's going to get Draymond more open looks. Now we've seen through the first three preseason games, I think that Draymond understands that. His first shot in all three preseason games thus far have been a three-pointer. So when he's left alone, because now you have defenders out on Otto Porter, on Bielita, on Steph, on Jordan Poole, Draymond Green is going to get those open looks. And he just has to be confident enough to take that shot. I'm not saying that he needs to become a steady, reliable three-point shooter because that is just not his game. But with so many other lethal shooters on the floor, Draymond is going to find himself open. And he has to be able to take advantage of that. Plus just battling in the paint. He is a big guy. He can put up successful numbers. He's had years where he, you know, his shooting average hasn't been, you know, 60% and they don't need it to be that, but if they can get it back up from the, high 20s that he was in last season I think he shot you know 27 from three if he can get back up into the low 30s just to be able to take advantage of the floor spacing that's going to give the Warriors such an extra burst
2: yeah it goes without saying when Draymond Green's assertive and he's being aggressive and actually looking at the hoop it just keeps the defense, of, uh, defense honest. And I'll have my predictions for this season coming up, the bold and not-so-bold ones, and it actually will include Draymond Green's shooting in that. But, um, Kendra, my, my one pushback to that, uh, what you're saying, was he has been open, and that's been part of the problem. He's been open. They leave him wide open because they know either he's not going to shoot or he's just going to miss. That's just, <laughs> that's just been kind of his M.O. for a while. And they sag off so far that it's been creating spacing issues for them. And this season again, there the the good news is when you're what you're saying with the spacing and the shooters out there. The good news for him is when he gets the ball, he can go into the middle of the lane and he'll have shooters surrounding him, better shooters that he can give the ball to to make a shot. What he needs to do is be able to also attack the rim. He Mm -hmm. needs to be willing to attack the room. He needs to be a willing scorer because a defense can only be kept honest and not be out there pushing out and and cut off all the spacing as long as, you know, you have the ability to make them think that you have the ability to put the ball in the hoop, right? So I do truly believe that if he can get back to a mindset where he knows he's encouraged, please shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. Go out there. Don't even think. Just shoot the rock I think that'll help his percentage a lot too because just throughout time we have seen that when he hesitates or he has this in-between thought uh, do I shoot a three if I don't do I go in do I do a floater if I don't do a floater like he doesn't go as strong to the rim or does he pass it away when it's an open shot mm-hmm. try to clear your head and get back to the Draymond that's just a score and a basketball player
1: well, and that's you know I actually asked Steve Kerr about this the other day in practice, and I said you know with all the different opportunities that will probably present itself for Draymond on offense on the offensive end, are you telling him to be more aggressive on offense and in scoring? Because I, I agree with you, Grant. Like when when you have people saying no, you don't have to do that, then he starts again, like you said, second guessing. Well, okay, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm not really going to commit one way or another. So I asked Steve, well, are you going to encourage him to? score more. And he said, "Draymond has one of the highest IQs in this game, seeing how the players that this team has right now, how it spaces the floor. He did tell Draymond, Hey, because of this, you're going to have a lot more open opportunities to either shoot or attack the rim. And you need to take those. And Draymond said, yeah, you know, I can see that that's what is clearly happening through these first three preseason games. So it seems that it is a clear message to him now that there is some encouragement for him to attack the hoop or shoot. If he sees that that's what the floor spacing is presenting him.
2: Speaking of floor spacing, by the way, I, 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 I buried the lead this whole time too by the way we have a clay interview coming up very shortly right after us i i I know i was just i I, I wanted people to focus on us because at the minute you say you got kareth burke talking to clay thompson they're gonna fast forward forward, they're they're gonna go through us but yeah no very shortly we will be showing that interview i know you clicked on this pod today because you just wanted to hear from us but yes we have clay thompson with an exclusive interview (laughs) with kareth burke i was just i was thinking about it's like it's kind of funny i just never even mentioned it anyway um, but yeah, no, I, I, Draymond Green, we've seen through the preseason. And again, this is where I put the brakes on anyone being like, I have seen these preseason games and he is now fixed. Through three preseason games, he's three for six from three. He's shooting 50%. More importantly, the shot looks smooth-ish. I would say he's shooting with confidence. Um, I like his shot from the corner. I think that's an interesting spot for him that he should try to – utilize a little bit more he's always on the top of the key because he's a spreads the ball around but there's ways to find him in the corners um but it, it'll be interesting to see how he can develop a shot but when I look the Warriors three-point percentage leaders through the first three preseason games Steph is not in it and that means that he is gonna be bad this season no um the names on there they 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 send off a little light bulb that says, my goodness, if if they this is the concept that the Warriors wanted when they had these players and when they got these players. And that includes number one right now is Moses Moody. He's only five for seven. He's only taken seven shots. But when he is wide open, when he is an open shooter, he is wet. The guy just 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 is just an absolute sharpshooter. And it's really it, the talk about smooth shot. The guy is just a pure, pure catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. So I I don't expect him necessarily to shoot 71% for uh, the rest of his career, but that is nice to see. It's all come in garbage time minutes, so I do wonder if they'll try to get him in with the other guys. But the two other names um, that I need to mention, number two and number three, um, Nemanja Bielica is shooting 60% from three. He's six for 10. I just, I can't say enough how impressed I've been with Bielitsa. The way he has just spread the floor, the confidence he has shooting the ball, but most importantly, his passing. The guy is just such a, when you see somebody up close, you get to see a little bit more about them, and you get to see them on a day-to-day basis in his games. He's a smart player. Um, he makes some great passes that the Warriors are, are just going to be better when he has the ball in his hands every now and then, and just feeding, the, I remember this, under the basket cut that Steph Curry did at found him for an and one. And I think that was in the second preseason game. The guy can spread the floor. And finally, Otto Porter. I know we've mentioned him before. Otto Porter, 10 of 17. I, now I tweeted out the nickname, Kendra.
1: Oh, you did. You even texted me
2: I about did. it on the How side. How proud was I?
1: I don't. You were very proud. Yeah. I won't tell you what face I made when I got this text, but.
2: <laughs> so I think he's so good from the corner spots. Mm-hmm. That instead of Otto Porter Jr., he should be Otto Corner Jr. Like auto, like automatic. Yeah. Otto Corner Jr.
1: I've even heard people just calling him automatic. Yeah, I know. That doesn't have as good of a, a ring.
2: I like, I do like yours better. Otto Corner Jr jr i feel so good about that a u t o corner jr now to be fair i don't know if this has already been a thing in the past um i would like to believe i'm this brilliant person that just thought of this and no one else has ever thought of this um and i can promise you that's probably not going to be the case in fact probably someone listening to this would be like oh i tweeted this at you like literally two weeks ago and then you just took it as your own but um Otto corner junior. And the reason I'm calling him auto corner junior is because the guy just is, he just doesn't miss from three from the corners. It's amazing. The ball gets a kick to him and you just, you know, it's almost like he, he can step it. He can shoot the ball, just turn around and walk back.
1: My favorite thing that he said after the, um, the, the preseason game against the Lakers, is, is that there was one play where stuff kind of, Moved around a little, a little stuff stuff thing, right? And Otto was in the corner. Otto Corner Jr. was just waiting there. Two guys left Steph to go to auto And then Otto drove and he kicked it out and he said, You're going to leave Steph. That's a bad idea, buddy. But the fact that two guys are already leaving Steph to go to Otto Porter Jr. in the corner. Shows that, yeah, it's because he's just been so automatic that people know that he's probably going to make that shot. And I mean, again, how many times over the summer did we talk about if Otto Porter Jr. can be a glimpse of who he used to be? The Warriors are going to just like Bob Myers is patting himself on the backs. Joe Lacob's like pulling out the checkbook, like, you know, like, and this is what they have right now. And that is such a good sign to see from him. He's going to be, I mean, again, okay. We'll talk about bold predictions because it is three preseason games in, but he's going to be a really important piece of this team moving forward. If he can keep this up. And as of right now, I don't know why he wouldn't health is the only thing that could come to my mind of why he is going to not be able to continue this because there's been nothing to suggest that again, that this is some preseason fluke.
2: Yeah, it's definitely health it's and that's been his bugaboo for years now and i i look at his game and you know what i'm going to take a pause here of saying all unbelievable things he looks and auto if you're listening to this i think you're a fantastic basketball player but i do i i do think he's now that i watch him in person a little bit um i think right now he's slow um i think he uh for a wing spot it would be very hard for him to keep up with quicker wings I think he's probably more suited for the four right now, though he doesn't necessarily have the strength to really match up with some big bigs. So yeah, I I I do have some concerns in that regard. I I think he's not as quick as I was maybe hoping for. And to be fair, maybe he's getting his conditioning back and doing all that because he is coming off injuries.
1: That is true. And with that, I would say also in terms of how he's how he feels just physically versus how he looks he has said, and you know, again, he's probably not going to come out and say, well, I feel awful and all this stuff, but the way he talks about his body, he does feel very good. So if he is getting up to speed and just getting some of that speed back, maybe that is what's happening. But in terms of how his body is feeling, he feels good, which to me right now is more important than how quick he is on the court. Because if he, feels good well that's the baseline that you want you don't want someone coming in feeling bad that they're aching and that they feel that they can't work themselves back if it's about conditioning that's changeable by reps by working out by putting time in the gym if you're not feeling good then you can't do any of those things anyway you can't improve yourself so if he is a little bit slow but he's feeling good i would still take that if i'm the warriors
2: yeah well and he does make up for it in different ways. While he isn't the most athletic, speedy guy, he also, um, I've been actually impressed with his passing. He's a willing passer. He's been able to find some guys, a little drive and kick type things. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for him. I have all the hopes for him, but it's just learning his game. You know, he's not a high flyer wing. He's more of a, you know, a more methodical wing, but the shooting is just, talk about a pure shooter right there. Just his three-point shooting is auto Corridor and Junior.
1: I know what's funny is that we, I believe it was, who was it? I'm like blanking on who exactly said this the other day, but the other day after practice, a reporter asked one of the players about just all the threes that the Warriors have been shooting lately. And Steve Kerr has told us multiple times that he's not in there saying we need to shoot 73s tonight. You guys, we need to shoot this many threes. He's never even mentioned that the Warriors need to take a lot of threes. And it was funny because this player says, yeah, you know, for years and years and years, everyone always says, different teams say, well, we want to play like the Warriors. We want to emulate what the Warriors are doing in terms of how many threes they're shooting. But it's never been a topic of conversation in the Warriors locker room. It's just based on the personnel that they have. Right now, they know that they have a ton of shooters, so they're going to shoot the ball. But they're not in there saying, okay, this is the game plan. Shoot 83 pointers. That's it. Go do it. Steph, you only took 10. what's wrong with you auto you didn't take it's just a natural outcome of, of who they have and for me that is a really good sign that they're not in there talking about this it's just a natural flow and if, if again this early in the preseason this early in the season in general if that's the natural flow that is happening and all of these open looks and all of this moving the ball and all of this spacing is just a microcosm of the personnel that they have. That is a really good sign for, you know, when they really do And I'm not saying that they're not putting in thought or effort into the preseason because they are, but when they really do start doing film studies on other teams, how to best take advantage of their opponent. If this is their natural cohesiveness, that's a very, very good sign to start at.
2: Yeah, Absolutely and all this will come crashing down in the last two preseason games when they play terribly, and then we're going to be like – I'm
1: going that, Grant. No, no, no. I'm it's being, funny. You're killing the good vibes.
2: Uh, optimism and vibes just only last so long. No, we'll, we'll see. No, it, it is good stuff so far, and, and obviously there's going to be games where they don't play well or they're, they're going to shoot terribly and they're going to lose by a lot, and that's just the way this thing works. It's just consistency. Can you have the consistency to every single game bring a, a mindset of attacking of speed of transition and all these things. And that's so far they've done it. And that, and we'll, we'll, we'll see it's still very, very early. Finally, the battle for the 15th spot, uh, yeah. we got Langston Galloway uh, was waived by the warriors. He is no longer in competition. And to be fair, if you watch the preseason games, you could see that he was in the bottom of the pecking order uh, to begin with. And he also struggled a little bit with his shot in those games. So, it was not a surprise to see uh, Galloway waved. Gary Payton II is still uh, coming back from injury, though, Kendra, I do believe he should be available coming up. He
1: should be available. He had hernia surgery um, and has been working his way back from that, but he should be available for their last two preseason games. So it'll be a good – we haven't seen him since Summer League, so it'll be a good a good uh, small sample for him to kind of prove himself. But the thing with with Gary Payton is that the Warriors – are familiar with what he can do for this team because he did play for them a bit last season. They did see him in the summer league. So I don't see him missing the first three as such a disadvantage. Um, because, you know, they do, they are familiar with him. And in my opinion, there hasn't been one guy in this competition who has just blown everyone out of the water to make him the clear choice.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, Normally I would say someone's behind the eight ball at this point, but Galloway waved. Uh, Michael Mulder's definitely been in at the end of the bench. And I think the Warriors know that, especially with all the three-point shooting they've been having, that's probably, while it always is good to have a three-point shooter, they might be thinking maybe we can get this guy back on a two-way potentially. Um, Avery Bradley's been the guy that everyone's been circled as this the shoe in for the 15th spot. And he's been getting in very early, like, you know, midway through the first quarter. He's one of the first subs that comes in. And you're like, well, usually that means that somebody is kind of set in the rotation. But I I do wonder, I I do wonder how he's practicing and how he's looking in scrimmage and all that. Because in the games, definitely Rusty. And he's just not right now the same player as we've come to know him, as we should expect, though, because he's later in his career. And, you know, there's a reason why he's competing for a 15th spot on a team. But uh, yeah, just in general, you know, he has his moments. He has his moments where you're like, oh, that's the defensive bulldog that we know. Uh, He has these moments where you can kind of see where the shot is. But in general, though, just has not impressed. Uh, has not impressed so far and I don't know where the Warriors heads are at and I don't know what they're looking at but I do see a Warriors team that everyone that's already in the rotation has really stepped up and is Mm -hmm. playing well and so obviously they feel like Avery Bradley could be a piece because they're putting him in so early and they're really really focusing to see if he can be a part of this team but um, I would not say that it is just an absolute lock for him at this point
1: yeah. Numbers wise, I agree. The numbers that he's been producing through these three preseason games don't have me saying, yeah, he's, he's the one. Um, and I am interested through the final two preseason games as they've waged Langston Galloway, as Gary Payton, the second comes back, does Avery Bradley maintain that early rotation position that he's held for the first three or do they start trying it up or, you know, trying different things? The Warriors, Usually in the preseason, I feel that like that's the time that teams do try different lineups. They try different combinations. And hasn't done that. He's really st- starters, which I think is fine. I think that we can sit here and say that Jordan Poole will probably be the starter starting too. So why take him away from that right now? But in terms of the rotation, he hasn't been changing it up much. So as there is some personnel shifting right now on the roster, I wonder if that's going to that and the fact that there's only two preseason games left and, and, you know, we're, we're sitting here a week away from the Warriors season opener in Los Angeles. Um, if, if they, if they shift and see what Gary Payton, the second can do, because he hasn't had as much playing or any playing time in the preseason because Avery Bradley hasn't been producing, you know, in terms of scrimmages, the Warriors held their open practice, um, over the weekend. And of course that's different than the Closed practices because there's a ton of fans there, but they did have a scrimmage and Avery Bradley participated. And what I saw was a lot of the same things that we've been seeing in the preseason games. It wasn't like, okay, this is a completely different person in the scrimmage than who was out on the court during the games. Um, Like I said, there's a lot more closed practices that we don't see. So maybe there is some impressive moments that are really keeping him in this rotation for the Warriors. But as it stands, I you know, I, I, yeah, I can't sit here and say that he, he is it. I it's, it's could, it's up for grabs right now.
2: Yeah. It's yet to be seen what, what will end up happening with that spot. And I think the Warriors would like, they would like it if he won that job. I think they, they look at it and they say when pool or Steph, you know, they can put Bradley with one of those two guys and help him defensively out there. And, and, and they like the idea of Avery Bradley They're just trying to see it come to fruition. And a lot of that just comes down to conditioning and just shaking off some rust. And maybe that's all he needs to do, but it is just something to monitor because I think everyone just assumed it was like, Oh yeah, it's Bradley spot. He's got it. Well, Pump the brakes. We do not know uh, necessarily what they're going to do yet. All right. It's time. Kareth Burke had a chat with clay Thompson and everything that clay touches is gold. Same as Kareth Burke, so you put those two together and it is magic. Okay, everybody, this is Dove Sock presented by Wendy's. Enjoy Kareth and Clay.
0: All right, that ball in your hand, there's something special about it. What is it?
3: Yes. This ball was given to me by a few Globetrotters players back in 2018, 2019 season. And she's been with me my whole rehab for two years. So it's got a lot of magic powers in it and I just love the color of it too. This ball reveals if you're a good shooter or not, you know, because of the backspin. <laughs> and it's so pretty when you see her spinning and t- tickling the twine. Yeah. All I right, so
0: you have the ball. You said you've been wearing your headband as well for your whole rehab.
3: At least this year, yeah. A-
0: are you turning superstitious? Or... A little
3: bit. You know, I watch a lot of baseball and I picked that up from baseball. Very superstitious sport. Yeah. A little bit. I, like, I mean, I like to do things that, that feel good and, yeah. Last time I wore this headband, I was able to break a record, so hopefully I can carry that same momentum into this season.
0: Hold on. That, is that the, the bloody headband? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm like, wait no, a minute.
3: I should have kept that thing. Yeah, what happened at. to it? Who knows? <sighs> no.
0: All right. Yeah, you mentioned baseball. Congrats to your brother for his home run with the Cubs. Yeah, um, he's got two on the season. There you go. And like I, six I'm sorry, games. I don't know. Was that your brother's first major major league? No, he's home. got like
3: 25 in his career. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. first one since 2018, so I was proud of him. Going back to the minors, mm-hmm. grinding, mm-hmm. playing his butt off, getting another chance in the bigs, that inspires me to mm-hmm. come back and kill it this year.
0: Mm-hmm. It is so good to see you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be back. My God.
0: Do you know the exact date of the last game you played? It's Mid-June,
3: 2019.
0: July 13th, 2019.
3: It was a July? Did I, I have it was that June. Right? June. June. It had to be June. June. Yeah. Because they
0: crowned it. June yeah. 19th. Sorry, June 13th,
3: 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. At least that game, I was really balling. So, I know it's still in me. It's just about getting the body right.
0: Do you you feel like you have something to prove?
3: Yeah, I've been feeling that way. Whether it's being a third wheel, the fourth option, the fifth option, not making All-NBA which still kills me to this day, especially for our playoff performances. I can't come to realize the all NBA season voting is a regular season award. Okay. So I'm not too bothered anymore, but I always have a chip on my shoulder. I just think uh, it's not that I want recognition, but I want to have a long list of career achievements and enter the hall of fame as one of the greats. I do, that's just a goal of mine.
0: An ACL injury, I'm looking at your knee, ACL yeah. injury followed by the Achilles injury. How do you describe what these last two seasons were like for you?
3: Uh, I mean, about a heartbreak, but uh, you got two options. It's either fight or flight. I'm fighting all day. You know, I'm not gonna just feel sorry for myself throughout the whole year. At times it can be very tough, but I'm paid to get better. And I'm paid to perform. And I know if I put the work in, I'm going to be out there performing at a high, awesome. high level again.
0: <laughs> the last time we got to talk to you, you said something pretty powerful. And I want to read this quote. It was about self-discovery. You mm-hmm. said, I realized that all of my hobbies revolved around me being yeah, athletic. Yeah. yeah. I realized that I need to get some hobbies that allow me to be more creative because mm-hmm. the human body can turn on you sometimes.
3: That it can.
0: What new hobbies have you added to your arsenal?
3: Um... I mean, the boat is just like a lifestyle. There's so much you can do on the ocean. I love biking. I've been hitting the trails on my mountain bike. Nothing serious, but just like some flat, circular rides just to get out. And we had the most beautiful redwoods in the Bay Area. We're so lucky to have that good of fresh air. Uh, I love to write. You know, I, I'll write about stories or past experiences. Cause you know, I try to tell these young guys, you know, start journaling about your career. So you can be, you can write your own first person account And then by the time it's over, you'll have an autobiography about your whole career. That's pretty special. I didn't start doing that until about five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. I started documenting how I feel on the court, Mm -hmm. uh, what adversity the team's facing, Uh how am I feeling mentally. Mm -hmm. I just think when you write down your thoughts on paper, it's just like a decompression method. And I think um, just, you know, the gift to be able to read and write is, an incredible gift, and I've been trying to, you know, sharpen my mind in the times where I can't beat my athletic self.
0: Yeah. Would you like to write a book someday?
3: I think so. Not necessarily just about basketball, but, you know, probably about my family, mm-hmm. the journey in the NBA, you know, the, the ability to inspire people. I don't know. Maybe. Definitely want to produce some film. That's... I got some things in the works. Any hints? Uh, the only hint I will give you is... Check out the book, Danger Zone. It's by David Class and it was my f- absolute favorite basketball book as a high school kid. It related so much to my experience playing yeah. high school basketball growing up. It's an easy read, and I think it would make an incredible television series one day. So, me and the author, of a- the author and I have actually talked about it. Hopefully we can put it into production because it's it's such a great story, yeah. and it's, the book's really ahead of its time, and so many of the themes of the book came alive in 2020, so I think we're we'll making an incredible series.
0: Danger Zone. All right, Danger I'm gonna zone. make a- Yeah, look it up, Karen. Make, you'll, you'll like it. It's Actually, a great read. Thank you. I was gonna yeah. ask, what have you been reading lately?
3: Uh, I, I am almost finished with Be Like Water by mm-hmm. Shannon Lee, which is the teachings of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. He was such an amazing athlete.
0: Did you watch the 30 for 30?
3: I did, it was yeah. cool, yeah. The footage of him back in the day, the black and white is so cool, so ahead of his time. Mm. Breaks of the Game, also one of the greatest basketball books ever written. That, that helped me a lot through, especially the experience, Bill Walton, <laughs> to see what he went through, to be on the best player in the world, then pretty much what I went through, to his ankle, couldn't get right, to see him come back and win a championship with the Celtics after all that it was special. And that was a great book. Um, those are the two that come to mind that I've read in the last two years. I read The Queen's Gambit, that's a great okay. book too.
0: You were asking for more chess partners, have you found anybody? Yeah, barely, no. Oh man,
3: okay. No, I have to go to New York City or something.
0: Let's go back to the boat. Mm-hmm. How is your commute to work? How long are we talking?
3: Well, it depends on the conditions. Okay. If you're having nice conditions out there, no wind, yeah. small swell, I get to the city in like 15 minutes at it's like 35 bad. knots. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane, I feel like Batman. <laughs> But if it's a rough day out there on the bay, which most of the time it is, you gotta take your time. About 35 to 40 minute cruise. But it's like you're on the open ocean, passing Alcatraz, going under the, the bay bridge. It's, a, it's incredible. Like, it's the best way to go to work ever. I can't, can't have, you can't have a bad day when you tie up at the dock. Like, it's impossible.
0: And I, do you feel like San Francisco has an underrated skyline, too? It does, I mean, it's especially when you see it city. from the
3: water, you mm-hmm. really appreciate the city. You're like, wow, this is a beautiful place.
0: Yeah. What kind of peace do you feel on the water?
3: Um, it's just humbling. You feel so small, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you go outside the gate and you're in the open ocean offshore. You're ju- we're just like a speck, especially in the uh, Pacific blue. So it's very humbling for me whenever I'm on the water. I just feel so grateful to be out there. What's your boat's name? Um, I have a few names for her. <laughs> call it the Nordic Knife or Splash Express.
0: Where did those come from, Nordic Knife?
3: Well, she's in, she was made in Finland, so she's Norwegian, I think. She cuts the water like a knife, so mm-hmm. I call her the Nordic Knife. Yeah, but people are like, why would you name your boat after a weapon? I'm like, it's not a weapon, it's just the way she rides. She's so fast. And then Splash Express is like when I'm carrying all my friends on board and nice. we're commuting.
0: Yeah, how big is your boat? What's the... It's
3: 37 feet.
0: Okay. Are you going to go out for Fleet Week?
3: Yeah. That's going to no be No question. Amazing. Got Thanks. to go out for Fleet Week. Nice. A lot of boats out there, but it's, it's the vibe. Cool.
0: Um, Steph is very likely going to get the three-point record this season for most all time. He's 141 away. Yeah. What will it be like for you to see your teammate get that record?
3: Well, he deserves it. I mean, the man is the greatest marksman in basketball history. Hopefully one day we can bo- he can be one I can be two that would be pretty iconic and mm-hmm. I think it's in we it within reach so steph is uh he changed the game I mean you go to any twenty four hour fitness or any pickup game in the country now people want us to take thirty foot step backs on a three on two they're running to the three point line and it's just changed
0: yeah
3: from every level from youth to high school to college the man is pretty much the sole reason for why that is
0: mm-hmm. and I looked over at my producer because he reminded me that you and Draymond and Steph this will be your 10th se- te- uh, season as teammates were you thinking about that like 10 seasons yeah. with the same core group and what it's you guys have cool. all accomplished together
3: it's pretty cool uh, it's rare to have continuity like that in pro sports so mm-hmm. I don't take for granted it inspires me to We gotta get one more, maybe two. We got to. Like the modern day Spurs, you know? Manu, Tony, and Tim play with each other their whole careers. And I would like to do the same with Steph and Dre.
0: It is so rare for players to spend their careers with one team. Yeah. Do you think the three of you might do it?
3: I think so. I think it's a real possibility.